This episode is brought to you by Hulu, presenting Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers. From the backboard to the front office, Legacy captures the remarkable rise and unprecedented success of one of the most iconic franchises in professional sports. Featuring new revealing interviews from players, coaches, and execs, this 10-part documentary series chronicles this extraordinary story from the inside. Watch Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers now, only on Hulu. What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. Yeah. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Break layers and ball shorts. If you know, you know. One stop like a Walmart. We got the tennis balls for the wrong sport. If you know, you know. If you know about the carport, the trap door supposed to be awkward. If you know, you know. That's the reason we ball for. Circle round twice for the encore. If you know, you know. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up, do? Welcome to the Ball Hawk Show podcast. I'm your host, Amal Hawkins, and I appreciate you taking time out of your day. To listen to the latest episode of the show. Today's episode, we will be previewing the ACC Championship between the Virginia Cavaliers and the defending ACC and national champion Clemson Tigers. Before we get started, got to salute the sponsors, ableinsurance.net. Go to ableinsurance.net, home of all the insurance products that you need. That's home, auto, business, life insurance, the good people at Able Insurance. They are not only proud sponsors of the Ball Hawk Show podcast, but they are also proud sponsors of the walkthrough. So when you look at the walkthrough video, that's their logo in the bottom left-hand corner. And if you're in JPJ at the end of every game, every home game, you will see Able Insurance around the ribbon, around the court when you're leaving. So, Holler the people at Abra Insurance, Billy and Charlene White. They've been servicing the state of Virginia for over 30 years. Definitely call them and tell them the ball hawk sent you so they can take care of your insurance needs. And if you need anything from me, just go to myhawkins.com. If you're looking for my CBS 19 um, previews with Damon Dillon, they are there. If you're looking for any walkthrough episode and the bonus footage, located at myhawkins.com. Any episode of the Ball Hawk Show podcast, courtesy of Podbean, is on themindhawkins.com. And if you want to contribute to the to the podcast, you want to donate in any way, go to anchor.fm, the Ball Hawk Show podcast. There is a button that will help you donate to this podcast. And I definitely appreciate everybody that's signed up for a weekly donation, I mean, a monthly donation. You know, it could be $4.99, it could be a dollar, any dollar amount that you want. Definitely appreciate everybody, and I definitely appreciate everybody that goes to sthujuice.com that has been purchasing ball hawk apparel, whether it's my Be Great Today shirts, Redemption shirts, um, State of Virginia shirts, just your old-fashioned Shut the Hell Up Juice shirts with no Shut the Hell Up Juice on there, just the acronym, S-T-H-U-Juice. Um, definitely appreciate that. So let's go ahead and jump into it. So let's see. Should we start with the game or should we give congratulations and give you my thoughts when it comes to the all ACC team, 
the player of the year, rookie of the year, coach of the year. I think that's where we'll start. So um, since it took place today when I'm recording it, ACC Coach of the Year Award came out today. And the head coach from Louisville was rewarded with Coach of the Year honors at Scott Satterfield. And coming to the season, nobody expected Louisville to do anything. If I'm not mistaken, they were picked to finish last in the ACC. Um, and to see what he did with that school for them to win seven total games, to go five and three in the ACC, to defeat the Coastal Champions and the Virginia Cavaliers. They also defeated Wake Forest before Wake Forest had the injuries. Um, I think it's just a testament to you know what he did with that program. It was dumpster fire. It was a dumpster fire. We all love Coach Bronco Minahal. We all understand the job that he's done since he has became head coach here. And we know the job he did this season uh, with the various injuries and how he adjusted and things of that nature. But I actually think they got it right. I mean, you, you can't go wrong with either one of these coaches, but deservingly so, I would give it to the Louisville coach just because we understood how good Virginia would be this season even though they did live up to it I saw somebody say why you know it seems like Broncos being punished for the preseason expectations and and in reality that's essentially how it works because if we're going off how somebody finished the season then you got to give it to Clemson they went undefeated you got to give it to Dabo every single year but his expectations and his results aren't surprising so all this is showing is that how Virginia ended the season is not a surprise because they foresaw it with the preseason, you know, finishes that they saw. So salute to Scott Satterfield, man, winning the ACC Coach of the Year. Um, the Rickers of the Year, you got Howell and the kid from Miami, the defensive, defensive end that sacks every damn body. I thought both of those were right on. I thought Howell was phenomenal as a first-year starter. At UNC, he's probably going to go down as the best quarterback ever in UNC history. He's on that trajectory. Um, he had a phenomenal year. Uh, when you go to Player of the Years, you got Clemson's. That well, they got offense and defensive Player of the Year. Um, Etienne and Simmons, um, and Bryce was second in that. And I thought that that was that was right there. I thought it was going to be be between Bryce, but I thought that Clemson's running back would, would most likely win just because of his overall career accolades as well. You know, having the most rushing touchdowns in ACC history. He has 15 touchdowns this year. Um, early in the year, Clemson wasn't looking too good. Sunshine wasn't looking too good, that is. And Etienne was just carrying them. So you'll hear my thoughts on what I think about them offensively and what he can do when we get to the pregame preview. Um, but I thought they got those right. And then when it came to all ACC – um, I was surprised that Snowden wasn't at least third team all ACC. Um, I was surprised that Hasis wasn't third team. Um, but I can understand why you know our guys were left off versus the other players that made it because you know it's all about numbers. And when you look at the receivers in front of Hasis that made it, they have the numbers with the touchdowns, blase, blase, blah. So, um I'm glad that Bryce was second team because, you know, it could have been a toss-up between him and Howell. But I think that head-to-head matchup between the two combatants, which gave Bryce the nod. The last two weeks of the season were ACC games, but the last three total games, that's 
UNC, Liberty, and Virginia Tech solidified that Bryce was second team all ACC, in my opinion. Going over at least 100 yards in three straight games and also being fairly clean with the football besides the one pick he had versus Virginia Tech, um, to me, gave him the boost over uh, Howell for UNC. But that, that, that kid had a phenomenal season, had a phenomenal year. So um, taking nothing away from him uh, and what he did personally. But, yeah, I mean, when you're looking at the receivers, man, you know, you got Sage Charette, you got Kendall Hinton, both of those guys for Wake Forest have the numbers. Tutu Atwell was first team. He also had 12. So he had 12 touchdowns. He led the ACC in yards and touchdowns. Um, got the kid from Syracuse, got 11 touchdowns and 1,000 yards. Uh, Scary Terry from Florida State had 1,000 yards, eight touchdowns. And we talked about Sage Surratt for Wake Forest. Everybody knew that was a no-brainer. Then you got his running partner, um, over 900 yards, so you had to you know, really give him the bump. Daz Newsom for UNC came on strong. Over 900 yards and eight touchdowns. Then uh, Brown for UNC, same amount of yards and 11 touchdowns. You knew T. Higgins from Clemson would get in there because he plays for Clemson. He had 10 touchdowns and 900 yards. Then he had Hasis. So that that was a tough spot Hasis was in because those guys had more yards and just as many touchdowns. So, um, But shout out to Hasis, man. He definitely deserved it. Definitely deserved to be in the in the running to be at least third team uh but the thing with snowden in our defense is just he didn't have the gaudy numbers i think he has a respect definitely uh mac it was hard to not deny him from his inside linebacker spot having seven and a half sacks um even though he was hampered by injuries it was just hard to keep him off um who else joey blunt with his interception totals and all he does with our, for our defense, it was good to see him all ACC third team. And then Joe Reed was a no-brainer all-purpose in, in, in kick return. I mean, that was a no-brainer. There's no way in the world they could have kept him off first team. But shout-out to Delaney. Shout-out to uh, the Book of Eli. Who else was honorable mention that I'm forgetting? We had Delaney, the Book of Eli, Snowden, Hasis, oh, Olu. And Olu was there too. Oh, Zane. My guy, Zane. I think I forgot nobody else. If I forgot you, man, please don't serve me shut the hell up, Juice. Okay? Do that. Do that for your boy. All right, so here we go. Let's jump into the pregame, the preview of this ACC championship in which people think we're going to get massacred. What are they, like a 28, 29 point favorite? Um, Got Tech fans are still salty, saying that Virginia Tech would have been a better matchup for Clemson, and you know you 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 have your right to have that opinion while you're sitting at home. Hey, I don't knock you for still throwing your name out there, and you still got Hokie fans still, you know, putting the plug out there just because they travel so well that they can get the Orange Bowl nod if Virginia gets massacred, like the, like Vegas is saying. But when you go into this game. The one thing that jumps out to me that has to happen watching film all week and since Black Friday with Clemson is you got to get out the sunshine. You got to make them uncomfortable. We are number six in the nation with 43 sacks. And we we need all that pressure to go at sunshine to get him off the spot and get him on a run and throwing going to his left. Make him have ill-advised throws because he's been pretty much clean this second half of the season kid has been on the tear 
they've been on a tear since that North Carolina scare. They scored 45, 45, 59, 59, 55, 52, and then 38 last week. So since that near loss, the same day we lost to Notre Dame, nobody has come close. They beat the breaks off Florida State. The St. Louisville team that beat us, they beat 45 to 10. They beat Boston College 59 to 7. They beat Wake Forest 52 to 3. It's a high-power offense. You have to get after Sunshine when he throws the football. Now, don't get me wrong. They um they can run the football with the best of them. They can run the football with the best of them. I'm going to just read you the tail of the tape between the two teams so you get a better feeling on what we got to go against because it's going to be a tall task, but I like it. I love it, actually. So when you look at both teams, they 12-0, we 9-3. Scoring offense, we average 33 points a game. They average 45 points a game. They average 256 yards rushing a game. They average 285 yards passing a game. They average 541 yards of total offense a game. And that's with just 31 minutes with the football. UVA, we average 128 rushing. We average 261 passing. We average 390 yards of total offense, and our time of possession is 33 minutes and 37 seconds. Now, when you flip to the defensive side, they give up just 10.1 points a game. We give up 23.4. They only give up 106 yards rushing a game. We give up 123. They also only give up 126 yards passing a game. We give up 213. Total defense, 232.8 for Clemson, 336.5. Our defense averages 3.58 sacks a game. Their defense averages 2.92 sacks a game. And we write around the same in tackles for losses, turnover margin, 0.92 for them, and then we're just even. So the tail of the tape, it shows you that they're very balanced and explosive while they're balanced. They overload you. They keep you off balance. They go like when they run the ball, they're physical. Their back is physical, has nice change of direction. Very good top end speed to finish off runs. He's good out the backfield as well, catching the football. They have tall, rangy receivers on the outside that can make plays. You know, they master the 50 50 ball. Sunshine does a good job of using all the talent he has at receiver by throwing catchable footballs. T. Higgins is 6'4", 215. You have Justin Ross, 6'4", 205. And they all can run. Then you got Amari Rogers, a slot guy, 5'10", 210. Built like a running back and is very fast. Actually had an ACL injury and recovered real well so he could play the, this whole year. They got receivers coming off the bench at 6'4", 6'3", respectively. 6'3". So they got some avatars out there running around on the outside. So folks was like, well, boy, how, how are we going to slow down the offense? What can we do? Do what we've we been doing. Let the Silverbacks go hunt. Let Coach Nick Howell and Coach Papinga really get a feel for what they're trying to do offensively with their formations. Um, just the tendencies that they have. Throwing the quick bubble screens on uh, yeah, quick bubble screens on the outside. Just trying to get their receivers in space. Understanding that in the boundary, they will throw back shoulder versus over the top. Um... But they will have breakdowns up front when you stunt and when you send backers. 
Sunshine can get rattled, can throw some hears, meaning throw some ill-advised passes. He has eight interceptions on the year, and that that actually happened very early in the season. Um, I could look it up right quick, but I want to say it's probably been almost two months since he thrown the interception. That might be kind of off, but I'm gonna look it up right quick. But you know, offensively, man, I was I was impressed by them. I'm not afraid of them. I'm not like super scared and worried that we can't you know buckle down and really get after them. But it's gonna be a tall task, and, and this is the type of challenge you know you want as a competitor. So he hasn't thrown an interception since October 19 versus Louisville, in which he threw two interceptions. He threw two interceptions versus Louisville in a very ill-advised throw. So, um, so almost two months. October 19th. That's close. This is a little bit. But Boston College, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Wofford, three touchdowns, no interceptions. North Carolina State, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Wake Forest, four touchdowns, no interceptions. South Carolina, three touchdowns, no interceptions. So in seven games, he had eight interceptions. And since then... No interceptions, and that's 3, 6, 9, 12, 16. So 16 touchdowns in the past five games and zero interceptions. 16 touchdowns, zero interceptions. So there you go, but you got to get out there. And they've been doing a very good job of, of you know implementing a lot of screens, bubble screens, halfback slip screens, um, the inside zone read the RPO look. Just trying to keep defenses off track because you look at the North Carolina game, and yes, that could be clear indicator, a clear indicator of how to get after him. But they've fixed everything since the North Carolina game. So I know a lot of folks want to point to that game, but they righted the wrongs from that game. They haven't made the same mistakes up front as far as just blowing protections and things of that nature. Um so you, you have that one game that as, as a defense or as an offensive coordinator, you know, as a coach that you look at to pull out indications, you know, indicators that's going to help you out. You know, I'm pretty sure they'll go to the Miami game and second half of the Notre Dame game, um, second and third quarter of Virginia Tech to try to see what they did defensively to slow us down. So uh, unfortunately for us, since the Louisville game, it's really no nothing as far as result based that we can go off of to try to give us the upper hand as far as preparing for them um but at the same time like i said you can still understand tendencies like with this formation they'll run this that formation have a tendency to run that that's what you look at you don't really look at the result you just look at try to see if you could pick up on the ballers on this hash and then two by one the ball is on this hash and the, and the H back is on the edge or is he stacked in front of the back and with a you know, belly action will it be zone action that's what you're looking for versus a team like Clemson you try to pick up those little cues versus trying to stop everything you just try to see if he likes to really bounce two times and throw can you not you know can you get to him in one bounce or if he likes to drift to his right to throw can you make him drift to his left to throw and if the receivers are always looking for back shoulder do you play some type of clamp trail technique to where you're very physical with them and you force outside release but you get on that back hip and you send the safety over top to where he, he all Trevor sees is 
oh, my receiver's wide open right now. Let me lead him. And then you got Cross coming over the top, basically intercepting it. You know, do you run some type of combo zones, things of that nature. So that's how I see us attacking Clemson offense. Just different looks, different wrinkles, things they haven't seen. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if we go with a nickel look or, you know, will we keep Noah in as our nickel, even though he's one of our backers, allowing him to use that six foot five, five frame and those and that coverage skills that he has. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's going to be fun to see. It's definitely going to be fun to see. I want to see our front seven versus their line. To me personally, this would be the best front seven they've seen all year. I think our front seven is better than Texas A&M. I know our front seven is better than Florida State, North Carolina, and Louisville, and South Carolina. I think this is the best front seven that they will face. Now, it won't be one of the best secondaries because of the moving parts, because Heskins has only played um, really two games, all full games all year. Uh, Nino was coming to his own, but since uh, Bryce has been down, He's kind of regressed with his technique and with his eyes. I want to see him get back to trusting his feet, um, not allowing receivers to close his cushion and uh, keeping everything in front of him as far as understanding, take the deep away, line up, tackle, I mean, tackle to line up another day. So I want to see less, like you have to eliminate the explosive plays versus Clemson. Like I played with a team in high school that was explosive. And when we used to play kick at 10 high school, the one thing they did every year, they eliminated explosive plays and it made the game that much closer. Because when you're so explosive like Clemson, you, be, you can't become impatient. You want to generate those explosive plays because that's swagger. That's your energy. But if a team is making you methodically move the ball down the field, even if you're successful at scoring, it's still more plays that you can create to make the mistakes. So that's what I'm saying. So if you look at North Carolina, they took away majority of explosive plays. Now, on the flip side, we got to win on the outside versus their corners. They're going to come out to Bryce. They got to they 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 have to exhaust their linebackers and spy. I mean, truth be told, cuz Bryce is that special. Now, if they feel like they don't, they can just run their four, you know, rush four or five, you know, a guy coming off the edge, they will blitz their nickel. Um, but our receivers have every opportunity to win on the outside, and that's going to take clean releases, and it's going to take Bryce being very accurate with the way he throws the football because the opportunities will be there. They're going to press. They're going to come up, play bump. They're going to dare you. They're going to feel like they've rushed to get there. We got the equalizer in three's legs. He's different. They has they haven't played a quarterback that's as dangerous as Bryce. They played quarterbacks with better accuracy than Bryce, and 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 a quarterback who could throw the deep ball better. And I mean, um, Howard North Carolina, but they haven't played a quarterback with the total packets like Bryce. So they're going to proceed with caution early. So that's why I feel like we have the opportunity. To get out the gates quick And that's what you want to do Versus a team that's heavily favored That's looking You know Looking forward to the college football playoffs And trying to make a statement Because they got to get that impressive win They're playing a team that's ranked In the college football playoffs You know In the top 25 So they want to make a statement 
And the worst thing you can do when you're heavily favored is to engage into a dog fight. So UVA has to make the game ugly. Do what you've been doing. Execute very well on offense. If you're coaching nine, utilize Bryce early. Get those D linemen moving, those linebackers moving. Don't allow them to just focus in on the triangle of death up in the front of reading run pass. Have them mesmerize with three. And three, mesmerize them with your legs, but destroy them with your arm. Because they're going to react to every movement that Bryce does in the pocket. They have to. They have to. Bryce is a different animal. Even versus Alabama and their quarterback, that ain't Bryce running around back there. That's why I'm confident, man, because three taking the snaps. I'm confident. I'm not a homer saying, oh, we're going to beat Clemson. We're going to shake up the world. Oh, no, it's going to be a dog fight. But I'd be damned I'm sitting up here accepting that 29, 28, four touchdown underdog role. Like, nah, we here. We earned it. You got folks still not believing. You got folks thinking, oh, just because we beat Tech, it's going to be a, a letdown. Hey, man, you know Bronco loves a challenge. And the staff, they love a challenge. Sunshine is the chosen one. The chosen one. Got to get out there. You got to hit them. No late penalties hit them, but you got to get out there. You got to execute soundly. Coach and I got to continue to be in this A game. And I think he's done that since the Louisville game. It's amazing that since the Louisville game, both teams have improved and started just going offensively, just getting after it. Just getting after it. That's what's so amazing about this game. Sunshine had probably had one of his worst games of the season versus Louisville. And since then, he's been phenomenal. Bryce had one of his worst games versus Louisville. He's been phenomenal since then. Nobody said it would be easy. But you got to love this, man. If you're a fan of, of co- competition, you got to love this narrative right here. And the people say, oh, and you ain't got nothing to lose. Oh, you still got something to lose. You still got something to lose. Don't go in there and say, oh, Virginia ain't got nothing to lose. They could just do this. Man, the hell. Oh, look, I don't know when people start, made up that narrative where people say they ain't got nothing to lose. Yes, they do. You you still get smashed. Going there and saying, oh, well, y'all thought we was going to lose by 29. You get smashed, you get smashed. It don't matter. Like, nobody likes to get smashed. I don't care what you did. Look, case in point, our basketball team just got beat by Purdue. I don't care that we won another championship. Don't nobody like to get smashed. No matter who not playing, no matter how the game was going, at the end of the day, that box score show that you got smashed. Don't nobody care that you won that championship last year. Don't nobody care that you lost so many guys to the NBA. Don't nobody care that you're supposed to be rebuilding or who you got coming in next year. As a competitor, you don't want to get smashed. I want to be in a dogfight every game. Every game. And that's been the difference this year. Yes, all those fumbles versus Notre Dame, but you saw we right there. Hated losing against Miami, hated losing against Louisville, but you can't just say somebody just smashed it and beat the brakes off. That's the look. That's why I said you got something to lose. Your pride and your dignity could go out the loss. So I don't want people just saying we just need to try something. I see people saying we need to bring Brendan Armstrong out for no. Unless you can execute it to the best of your ability, 
Don't put in nothing new. The one thing I learned a couple years that I did coach, and I learned from this for Coach Mark Sanford when I was the defensive coordinator at Green. I wanted to put in a brand new defense just because I felt like the team had never seen us in this and we could get out of them. He was like, yeah, you put in a brand new defense, but can your players execute it to a high level? Not can you call and, and put them in places to where it confuses the other team, but can they execute what you're trying to run? And that's been my philosophy since. When folks say, oh, you need to throw in a wrinkle. You need to do this. Just come out and do that. Yeah, only way you can do it is if you know you can execute it to a high level. If you've been practicing week in and week out, day in and day out, that wrinkle, trying to perfect it, that's when you see trick plays and like the Super Bowl or, or big rivalry games. They've been trying to master that trick play for weeks. And once they finally got it, that's when they use it. This is like Coach B and special teams. You think they just came out versus UNC and just ran that fake field goal? Just, oh, let's just use it. No, they been they was practicing that thing for months, perfecting it. Wait for the perfect opportunity. Practicing even when they wasn't going to use it. We're going to make sure we perfect it. Same thing versus when they use it versus, uh, what was it, versus Liberty to Snowden. You think they didn't perfect that fake field goal? Yeah. Hello. Yeah, they did. So if if you ain't got nothing to lose, just make sure you're using all your best plays because it ain't nothing to lose. You know what I'm saying? So I'm sorry I was texting somebody back, texting my dog Wally Rainer back. But that's all I got for y'all, man. Um, Offensively, though, I feel like we can, you know, when we go to trips and we put, um, you know, Joe Reed in the backfield or Billy Kemp in the backfield, I definitely like our matchups on the outside because they don't really have a lot of safety help on the outside. They use a safety help for, for the slots. Because they understand the matchups and they try to blitz guys <clears throat> off the slot that nickel. Um, one of their safeties actually is from the Richmond area, uh, Kayvon Wallace. So salute to him. And I saw like a YouTube video of him talking, um, having a chip on his shoulder because Virginia didn't recruit him when he was coming out. And um, somebody sent it to me. It was like, man, why didn't we recruit him? What the hell going on? And I just simply replied, Clemson was recruiting him. Why would Virginia compete back then? This is when we were trash can juice. Why would we try to compete with Clemson? Like, schools pay attention. Like, when I was coming out of college, I wanted Hampton University to uh, really, like, to offer me. My dad went to Hampton University. Once they saw Virginia's and Ohio State's and the Georgia's and the Florida's, they didn't, uh, they didn't, they didn't offer me. Even though I would have been intrigued and, and really would have made them a part of like somebody I looked at because my dad went there, but you didn't see me. I don't have a chip on my shoulder because HU didn't like offer me or recruit me as heavy as Virginia or Florida. I understand you understand the nature of the beast, but if he has to use that as a chip on his shoulder, because I heard him say every time he played a Virginia team, he get hyped. But then in another sentence, he was like, you know, I'm where, I'm where I'm supposed to be. I get it. As a competitor, you want to had that competitive edge you want to build up that chip but i just call it like it is like bruh really you really want virginia to offer you when clemson was offering you nah Mm-mm. 
But that's all I got for y'all, man. Hopefully everybody makes it down to Charlotte safe. The game Saturday at 7.30 p.m. Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina. The next day, the bowl destinations will be announced. Salute to all the fans, man, that's been supporting. Salute to all the new fans that just started supporting. It don't matter. As long as you support, I'm happy. Support. Uh, appreciate everybody that support everything that I do and all my endeavors. I, it's definitely appreciated, man. And, um, yeah, man, I def- Petty Hall definitely appreciates all the downloads for his episode. He, 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 he feeling like he a star or something. So, y'all made his day. So, be on the lookout for another all Petty Hawk episode. You never know what he's going to talk about. But um, salute to the basketball team too, man. Once um, this championship game is over and I recap that, I may possibly recap their game Sunday versus... They play UNC Sunday, right? I may definitely... That's when I may you know, begin my basketball recaps as well. I like to give my undivided attention to football. I'm a football guy first, so you know. I feel like I'm cheating on them if I start talking basketball. You know, giving basketball recaps during football season because it's still football season but um i do want to tell folks like that loss man you know you you hate to see it happen uh but it's a teaching in every win and defeat especially a defeat like that uh what i've seen so far for the games that i have watched is that uh we aren't as good shooting from the outside as we have been in the past uh so you got you have to adjust the way that you're playing. You know, I would like to see our guys get to the to the lane a little bit more. I like to see them dumping down inside a little bit more. Start to showcase and see what Huff can truly do on the block. I love the aggressiveness that Diakite is showing. I know Key is out, uh, but yeah, man, what you see is what you get. But the who's a bounce back. But that's all I got for y'all. Y'all know the motto: Good's the enemy of great. Be great in everything that you do, man. Wahoos in the ACC Championship versus Clemson. It can be done, man. It can be done. I'm out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.